Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. few weeks back in our discussion, we turned to the uh, issue of how do you address evil thoughts? And so, as we often do, I agreed to preach on it. And if you have a topic you want me to preach on, I will do it. And that was a few weeks ago. And as the weeks passed, we've seen some of the most horrible evil acts done in American political life. So today, I'm going to try to talk both about how evil works within us but also about our society and politics and see if there aren't things that we can do to combat it. So what is evil? As Dr. King had referred to in his uh, reading that Joy just read, if you see no purpose or meaning or spirit in life, then this concept of evil will sound um, old-fashioned, medieval, superstitious. But for, uh, for me, speaking for me and uh, myself, evil is very real and it has a purpose. Um, There have been whole books written trying to address and explain the role that evil has in our world, and I'm going to try to do it here in a few paragraphs. So I I won't do it justice, but we can address any of your questions that you might have in our discussion time. If I could boil it down, I'd say evil is the force working against us as we seek to love God and love each other. The only way that we can truly love is if we have the choice not to. To be able to choose good, we must also be able to choose something else. That something else is evil. Evil is our turning away from our love of God and our love of others towards selfishness about ourselves. This analogy came to my mind, uh, maybe because I've uh, needed to get to the gym more, but I was thinking that on our time on earth, it's a spiritual workout. Evil is the gravity that we're fighting against. The resistance creates the healthy muscle for our souls. So we're actually fighting against evil, and in those battles, we grow spiritually. So how does it all work? Well, we live our lives with the freedom to choose good or bad, But the choice to do evil is always with us. We're in a state of spiritual tension, all of us. No one is exempt from this. Will we be more selfish or will we be more loving? Will we give in to our fears and lies or will we turn to hope and love? So that tension throughout our earthly life is constant and we are facing it on a daily basis. Evil comes to us in many ways. First, uh, we inherit evil. It comes through our families and in, in our lives. So we're born with, uh, with evil. Uh, none of us are immune to it. And then throughout our lives, uh, the desire that evil will bring in us is a desire for status, 
a desire to have dominion and control over others, um, a desire for money uh, and wealth. And, and it plays into our, bo- our most basic desires to have a, a place to live and, and eat, but it plays in all those areas. In today's gospel, Jesus is very symbolically facing these evil temptations, and he has the categories all right there. Uh, One was to have power over others, standing at that top, I'll give you control over all these others. Another is uh, taking care of your daily hunger, you know, stones to bread. And the other is that uh, if you throw yourself down and everybody can see your powers, your status will increase. So those are symbolic of the types of struggles that we'll have in our life and our temptations. They'll be much different, but those are the, the, the most common ones. Jesus faced temptations from evil throughout his life up into the cross. And through his life, he teaches us the way to overcome evil. This process of being tested through our life is temptation, as we heard in our song today. And the process of overcoming evil begins with self-awareness, a desire to do better, and with God's help, taking actions in our life. And that's called regeneration. Each day, evil forces are working against uh, our angelic forces. And the goal of our evil forces that are around us is to put us in a state of fear. They like to put us in a state of shame. They like to put us in a a state of anxiety. And they like to get it so deep that we feel we just cannot get out. Evil's goal is to get us into a spiral down. Recently, I preached on addiction. And this is one of the tools of evil to get us wedded to certain habits that we feel we have no freedom to break. Slowly but surely, we come to love that evil And then anyone who tries to reveal it to us or questions it, we will uh, sideline. One of the most common questions and the question we had in that discussion was, so how do we know it's evil? Um, Psychologists would call it the chatter in your head. Buddhists would call it monkey mind. But we all face these voices pretty constantly every day in our head. And sometimes they can be quite dark. And the way to know uh, the difference, because we can also, the difference is that we also have angelic voices. So how do you know the difference? And the trick of evil is to convince you that it's uh, not evil. It doesn't want you to know uh, who it is. Um, But angelic voices never shame or criticize. Okay? They reveal the things that we need to do in our life to change. And they do it with compassion and often with humor. So it's a very different energy. But when we hear these voices, and we have all heard voices like this, but I'll just say a few. You're a phony. No one likes you. You're ugly. What a fool. If everyone knew who you really were, they'd hate you. They are tapping into the hells. And we all hear some version of this. So recognizing when we hear those voices, they are not from heaven. They are from hell. They are trying to make us feel bad and get us into a downward spiral and deeper and deeper until it's deep depression. Ultimately, they want destruction. Then there are times when we have like an aha moment. We get moments of self-awareness. We get honest feedback from people who really love us. And that's our angelic trainer inviting us to work out. 
it's time to change. But they will never come to us using shame. Swedenborg offers an extremely helpful view of how evil works on our lives and in groups. He points out that it never comes to us as evil directly. Evil always comes to us as a deceptive solution. It also never comes out of thin air, but always builds on things in our lives and in our memory. It takes a little bit of the truth and a part of our experience and it twists it in something that's sort of believable, but false. We know it has a hold on us when we're confronted by the reality that what we're doing is not good, and instead of changing, we deflect. We say, well, that might not be uh, good, but it's not as bad as that. Uh, you're complaining about me, but what about you? Um, there, over there, that's much, much worse. That's how evil wants us to respond when we're aware of changes that need to be made. Once it deflects us from self-awareness, it will ramp up more fear. And the ability to see the log in our own eye becomes very difficult. We'll be looking for the splinter in everybody else's. As Swedenborg said in today's reading, we ultimately get into a fog of our thinking and we become delusional uh, if we can keep getting into this mindset. And when we do that as individuals, we'll seek out other people who share the charade that we're also involved with. And so that's really how it moves, for, evil moves from individuals to groups. So now I'm gonna talk briefly about how it moves from us to larger groups. The dark forces that are working on us really want us to marry up and wed up to other people engaged in the same evils. And so they will play that out. They'll introduce us and get us connected to the wrong crowd. And we all know, we've all had the experience of being with the wrong crowd, and uh, it brings out the worst in us. And when we're in the wrong crowd, that negative behavior can become a mass deception. That movement from our individual engagement with evil to the group is what leads to a mob mentality. This happens, uh, this just happened in our nation's capital. Evil forces look for leadership where they can use dark rhetoric to light a fuse of negative resentment, fear, and anger, and soon participants are feasting on hate. This is the ultimate goal of the dark forces. Their goal is destruction of souls and lives. Two of the most favorite venues for evil uh, surprisingly, maybe, or not surprisingly, but here in Washington at Church of the Holy City, right now are uh, politics and the church. Both places engage tribal loyalties. They inspire groups to be on the inside and point to those who are on the outside, the saved and the unsaved, the good party and the bad party. And they create leaders who demand loyalty to the group. They also develop an agreed system of truth within the group. This is why around the world, sadly, so many horrors do happen in religions and political movements. And when they're wed together, they're very, they can be very dangerous if they're using the dark forces. Their ultimate goal is to get you to stop looking within and focus on the enemy over there. I'm gonna read a quote. You've heard me talk many times about one of my favorite books, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. 
And in the book, an, uh, an older demon is mentoring his nephew, Wormwood. And uh, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And this is what he says about this topic of politics and faith. He's saying to his nephew, your best plan, Wormwood, would be to attempt a sudden, confused, emotional crisis from what might emerge as an uneasy convert to patriotism. Let him begin by treating patriotism as part of his religion. Then let him, under the influence of partisan spirit, come to regard this as the most important part. Then quietly and gradually nurse in him a state where religion becomes merely part of the cause, in which Christianity is valued chiefly because of excellent arguments it can produce in favor of the effort. Once you've made the world an end and faith a means, you have almost won your man. And it makes very little difference what kind of worldly end he is pursuing. Provided that meeting, pamphlets, policy, movements, causes, and crusades matter more to him than prayers, the sacraments, and charity. And the more religious, the more securely ours. When I read that, I, I, <clears throat> I thought of events taking place in our country. It's a warning to us that we have to be very aware of the energies that exist in politics and faith and when they're fused together on any, for any cause. They have an incredible danger to drop our self-awareness and bring us into a mob mentality. With the decline of religion taking place all over the world, but particularly in our country, people are now finding in religious groups a belief system and we're watching a series of uh, new cults and conspiracy theories arise out of it. It'll be quite dangerous. Okay, so I've kind of painted a picture of how evil operates, uh, how it operates with us, how it operates in mobs. Um, is there anything that we can do about it? Well, there are some practical things that we can do to combat evil both within ourselves and society. Fundamentally, the battle against evil is within us. Our desire will be to say, evil's out there, let's go fight it. But it actually starts within each of us. In our own life, we must find new ways to become more self-aware. That means making it a spiritual practice to seek out opinions and viewpoints different from ourselves. It means praying daily for God to make us aware of where we need to change. The ability to face the truth within requires courage. Find a minister, spiritual director, a therapist, a friend who will tell you the truth about yourself. It's really the greatest gift that you could ever find. And when you hear feedback from those sources of people that love and care about you, don't argue. Don't disagree. Just listen and let it sit with you. Think about it. Because they probably see something that we are all blind to ourselves. For me personally, reading the scriptures has a power greater than intellectual knowledge gained. There is a spiritual power in reading scriptures that we do each week. Attending worship in a, in a sincere way like you're all doing today is a very powerful way to have prayers, scriptures, and new thoughts. Now, sometimes evil will, uh, ev evil will seek to break you from these strategies, and I've noticed even as a minister that People tell me that uh, they've newly come to faith, they're really growing, and then something very odd happens, and they uh, it's happened enough where they will turn on you as the minister for really no apparent reason, and um, that 
that can be that can be really uh, painful. But I realize also they're they're battling evil, and evil doesn't like it. Another exercise is to ask yourself this question. When you hear a voice and you're not sure where it's coming from, just ask yourself this. Where did that idea come from? Is it angelic or is it dark? If it's dark, do your exercises that we've talked about. In addition to uh, reading scripture, I do find that memorizing certain verses can be very helpful. You know, when Jesus was confronted by Peter not going to Jerusalem, he said, get behind me, Satan. It's a great line to use when you feel that fear or anxiety or the darkness. Another is the Lord's Prayer that we say every week. It's very powerful in a time like that. Um, many people memorize the 23rd Psalm, and I find that's an, another excellent strategy. These clear your thoughts, but they also make the dark forces aware that you're aware. Secrecy is their strategy, which is why they work so hard to build up on your ideas and mix your truths and your thoughts. So when you feel those negative voices clouding your thoughts, call on your angels. How about groups? When the level of evil exists within us and we seek out others who share our delusion, the internet has made this much easier. This is one reason why we're seeing a dramatic increase in various conspiracy theories, political fanatics, and cults. Now, a demonic message can be shared with thousands of people in in instantly. Mobs, when we get into them, transform our ability to make important decisions. You might remember that guy descending into the Senate from the balcony on a rope, and he said he got caught up in the moment, and people have kind of laughed at that. Um, and he apologized. He apologized to the American people, his family. My, he says, my fa I'm ashamed of myself, my family, my friends, and my beautiful country. I thought I was doing the right thing, but I got caught up in things. Um, how ironic that he was swinging on a rope with the Latin behind him. Anuit coptis, which uh, I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong, but means God approves of our work. I actually think that people do get caught up in mobs like that. It's quite dangerous. If you've ever been even at a sports event when, when your side is uh, getting all riled up, there's a danger in crowds. And I do believe that many of the people that were there that day probably had no idea what what started. Some clearly had a plan, but others got caught up in it. So mobs uh, with dark forces are particularly uh, are dangerous, and leaders know that. Um, the, the president, with what he said that morning, um, we look back to uh, Hitler and Nazi Germany and getting crowds riled up, and we can look at the Bible itself, where Jesus comes into Jerusalem one day, and they're saying, Hosanna, but when the mob is let loose, they're yelling, crucify him. So we have to be doubly careful of group think and the, the danger of a mob. Um, events like riots of any kind, it doesn't matter what political party or what the reason, once that energy is up, it does bring out dark forces who, who thrive on chaos and destruction. It really isn't lim limited to any political view. So the trick of evil is to focus on ourselves. In the case of groups and politics, I would say this, if you're a Trump supporter right now and you want to, um, um, and you, you've seen what's happened this week, and I've talked to a lot of my friends who are Trump supporters and they're saying, well, Antifa led the charge. Um, it, was, it was orchestrated. Um, what about last summer? What about Seattle? What about, what about? So deflection. I would say to someone who, who supported the president that, to that moment, take a step back. 
don't double down, don't deflect. Reflect on if you had a role. There's a pain in acknowledging that, but, but we have to self-reflect. Now, for those of, uh, those of you who oppose the president all along, evil will work within you in a different way. Self-righteousness and vengeance are very powerful venues. You'll want to point out to everyone that you're right. You opposed him. Um, I told you, and it will give you a great feeling, and there will be a desire to crush people. Not justice, vengeance. You want to destroy them. And you'll want to cast as wide a net as possible of your enemies. It'll feel good, it'll feel right. And if that's the case, you also have to stop, face yourself, and remember as a human being that uh, people got caught up in things, people had been lied to, and to show compassion. Don't confuse that with not having justice, but we have to look and try to be empathetic and understanding if we're on the other side, but be careful of it either way. The point here is that evil is not something that happens out there. It's within us. Its goal is to pretend like it's out there. And our focus feels so good we can point out others' faults. But evil is within each of us and something we all have to wrestle with. It's the product of when we don't choose love. And so we have to choose love. With mobs, it's the product of destruction and chaos. So we have to build communities of compassion. If we're going to break this cycle, we have to speak truth. Evil thrives on falsity. And we have to be compassionate to people that we disagree with and try to find a way that they can win as well. So to fight evil, we have to love one another. There must be justice, but we must avoid the temptation for vengeance and not give evil a foothold, foothold in our hearts or our nation. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.